Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari Jake. I'm Lex Michael. Yeah, and this is Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. <laughs> this is sinister. It is. Lex Michael, what are you into? I mean, I mean, now I'm, I'm well into a, a stage of fear. Uh, you, that was a very sinister. You're looking at me across the table in a pretty devious, uh, one might say, uh, devilish manner. Yeah, it's unsettling. It's a little bit, it's a little bit, a little bit unsettling. We'll he's, get settled. He's doing that thing where, like, you you look down, but then you look up at a person with your eyes. It's yeah, creepy. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, uh, if you've ever listened to our show or met me in real life. You probably already know I'm a big, big old, big, 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 big fan of the work of David Lynch. I am now uh, about 130 pages into his biography, which was published a couple of months ago. Uh, he wrote it along with Christine McKenna. It's called Room to Dream, and it's it's formatted in a way that I, I think is really interesting. I think you and I maybe talked about it off mic the other night. I maybe brought it up. Um, but essentially... Uh, she what what uh, Christine McKenna did. She prepared it as if she was just writing any uh, an ordinary biography, ordinary format. She would interview all the relevant parties. She would do all the research, all the facts, all the dates, all the places. Compile it together into a chapter. Would write her chapter. Would send her chapter to David Lynch. David Lynch would take a look at it, and then he would send back his own chapter, uh, adding to. Uh, uh, clarifying, filling in a lot of the colors of what her chapter contained. Mm -hmm. So you get a biographer's perspective and you also get his perspective directly. The way McKenna describes it in the intro to the book is the format is sort of like Lynch having a conversation with his own biography. It's great because you get all of the biographical information you would want in a book about him, but you also get recollections from the man himself. He's got a mind that works in a very interesting way in terms of how it expresses and the detail that he fixates on versus a, a detail he doesn't like he's, he's very 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 uh uh laser focused on specific really like textural details from his past and it's a very it's a like a, a you know how like you read a biography sometimes and the first several chapters is like you know I was born and but but do but do to do and my dad did this and my mom did this and sometimes I went to school and like you read several chapters yeah and just like when when are we gonna get to the shit that I I picked up this book to get to uh, this book opens similarly it's it's from his very early childhood but because you're getting so much of it from his point of view and because the details that he recollects are so specific so clearly articulated and so textured right from the beginning of the book it's like oh this is this should be by far the most boring part of this entire story and this is still somehow pretty engaging i'm hmm. only up through the point uh in the book where he's making the elephant man which was only his uh, second feature after Eraserhead. yeah uh so i'm pretty it's pretty early goings but like it's if you have even a passing interest in him or his work it's it's indispensable you're getting a full biography by a separate biographer and you're also getting like 50 percent of each chapter like each chapter is in effect two chapters you're also getting uh in, in almost a, as in a response you're getting an autobiography from the dude himself it's a cool book uh really enlightening if you if you have any familiarity with the dude stuff at all it got delayed a few times like i had this thing pre-ordered for ages got yeah. delayed two or three times and my guess is it was so they could include 
the new Twin Peaks. Like the book goes all the way from like his birth up through Twin Peaks: The Return, which aired just last year on Showtime. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah. If you if you're interested in the dude, or if you don't really know too much about him, and you want to jump into a 500 page biography of the dude and see how it sits with you, uh, highly, highly, highly recommend uh, Room to Dream. Nice. Uh, I uh, recently got into this game. Uh, my girlfriend was showing me it on PS3. It is the uh, latest Katamari game. It's the most Japanese game I've ever seen. What is? Um, it is... So the the premise of the game is uh, essentially this prince tries to go into space and then is hit by a meteor on the way down. So they build him this giant mech suit and you're helping maintain and feed this prince inside of a mech suit. Um, and you are one of these Katamari workers. And so you have these like this big giant like sil- cylinder head. Um, and the idea of Katamari, uh, the game is to like you start this ball and as you're rolling it, it gathers a bunch of stuff. Um, and so the goal is to make as big of a ball as you can. And so like, as, as you're going, you'll get different, uh, objectives. And so sometimes it'll be like, gather all these parts. And so you have to make sure that those parts are part of the giant ball. But a lot of it is essentially just rolling this ball around on top of different things and gathering them into this giant, like ball of stuff. And then at the end, you're assessed by how big the ball is. Um, what? Okay. Yes. So that's that's the Katamari game, plural. All the games are like that, but like the settings are usually different. And so like, and there's all these like really cute background things and and like different settings. So like, if you're in the grocery store, there you're like gathering all these food items, and then like in the fish section, for example, there's like a little cat fishing um, for the fish in the fish section. It's really cute. Um, and you just like roll this stupid ball and anything that comes in contact with it becomes a part of the ball. So it's like a snowball, but instead of rolling around a little ball of snow that just picks up more snow and gets bigger, it's a ball that's a ball and then picks up everything and gets everything. bigger? Everything, yes. How many so of like, these games are there? Um, I think there are a few of them. Um, they're very therapeutic. It's nice. You just fucking roll it I, around. I actually can picture that being very zen. Yeah. Um, I love it. I, I had heard about it back when I was uh, working for this Japanese company. Someone was like, dude, Katamari is so good. And I was like, ha ha ha, Katamari. I'm all about those punchy, punchy, fighty games. Hell yeah. And then now that I've seen it and, and played it a little bit, oof, love it. Yeah? Yeah. I've, right. I've grown beyond my punchy, punchy, fighty phase. Uh, I, too, one day hope to reach such enlightenment. All you got to do is pick up a Katamari game. Uh, so that's what I'm into. Uh, guys, let us know what you're into. Uh, all you got to do is call the Missing Out hotline. It is 978-MISS-OUT. That number again, 978-MISS-OUT. And then you call it, leave us a voicemail, let us know your name or what you'd like to go by uh, and what you're into and we'll include it in the show. Uh, also, if you are so inclined, please take the time to review us and, and leave us a rating. Uh, it really helps people find us. So go on to iTunes or Google Play Store or Stitcher or iHeartRadio. 
Uh, leave us a rating. Let everyone know that you like what we're doing so that other people can find us. Also, tell your friends if you, if you are also so inclined. Uh, unless you hate us, in which case, shut your mouth. Yeah. Or if you hate us, show them the show and show them why you hate us. Just just make them listen to all the episodes to, to really nail in why you hate us. Right. And hey, like if, if you are showing somebody the show uh, purely on the basis of your hatred, as in, hey, you're missing out on how fucking garbage these guys are. Yeah. You've proven our premise. Yeah. You've, you've, you've uh, QED'd QED yourself, dog. Ooh, Q- damn. QED'd yourself right in the ho- hoisted on your own QED. Hell yeah. You, you, you taking all that QED all the way to the pelvis. Uh, Q- QED stands for question. Eat this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like this. Right, of course. Duh. Question. Eat this? Mm hmm. Like if you find something in the fridge, you don't know how long it's been there. QED. 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 Question. Eat Eat this? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys. Um, uh, Also, make sure, if you haven't had a chance, follow us on Twitter to know what we're covering from week to week. Um, And for assorted retweets um, at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Until next week. We will see you then tomorrow. Uh, we will be covering Mother by Darren Aronofsky, and we're bringing in our good friend Connor Kurth uh, to talk about Mother and how it uh, bucks traditional narratives. Um, so tune in. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> That's really true. Why do we got a bookend with terror? He's like, it's like the end of Thriller. The scary part of Thriller. <laughs> you look at my weird eyes. Can't have fangs now and, and fur. <laughs> oh.